I am a middle-aged man. I actually long time debated when I was middle-aged. I thought it was when I was 40, but it turns out some people think it's when you're 45. But now I'm now I am a middle-aged man, 47 actually. I live in Nashville, Tennessee, and I am married for about 15 years and I have two kids who are in first grade and kindergarten, ages seven and newly turned six a couple weeks ago. And I am, I'm the dad. That's my, that's, that's what I do every day. I dad, I am in a situation that is so incredibly lucky that my wife is an earner and a breadwinner for the family in a way that does not necessitate me having to stress out about money or think about how to get a side hustle or um, engage in work that's paid, which is something I always actually kind of struggled with. I'm more of a DIY kind of guy. I like Marxist analytics, um, even though I'm also, I, I have a college degree in mathematics and my secondary specialization is in economics from the University of Chicago, which means I learned all sorts of what I would consider somewhat evil libertarianism as dogma, um, as just truth, supposedly. And I've been dadding for since the day my daughter was born. Everything was not set up fully as far as all the agreements of who takes care of what before that happened. As a man, um, your wife's or girlfriend or whoever's first pregnancy, I think in general is very, very uh, different experience. I sat there and I watched pregnancy and then it was only at the very end that it became something much more real about my responsibilities and how to deal with them than having the knowledge that anyone else has I've talked to because I only know a couple of stay-at-home dads and I don't think any of them were doing the night feedings that I was. They both kind of left it up to the, uh, the breastfeeding mantras and dogma of modern society. It's basically been my wife, I make it, Ed, you take it. That, that was what it was for both of them. Before I had kids, I was, I was a stay-at-home husband for a few years in Nashville. I did earn some money on and off in various roles that I, hustles that I had found, um, some short-time work in one place or another, but I had never really, um, I've done a very poor job of seeking out what one calls a career. The myth of a job that you enjoy and also rewards you is, you know, something that's pushed on on us as something that exists for everyone. But I, I know it doesn't. And I, I've had jobs like, you know, I used to wait tables. I used to, I actually used to work soundboards at, at music venues or bartend. I've been a high school teacher. Um, none of them have lasted more than two or three years. And when I got to Nashville, there was a four-year period from when I moved here for my wife's job. She's a researcher at Vanderbilt University. And she's had an odd career path too, but it's also been, she's been very, very uh, successful, which is why it's such an odd career path. You don't normally 
get to be a uh, research professor hired as, as a staff and then turned into faculty. So actually our our family's well-being oddly expanded as far as like weird bumps in salary that happen to have just come along with like one child and then another one. And it it's hard to actually compare what was going on before uh, when we first moved here to where we're, we're at. Oh my gosh, it's, I am shocked at the fact that I have a seven and a half year old and so many things that I used to do, I just don't do anymore. And it's just so incredibly different because I wake up every morning and my focus has been on the kids now for so long. And it's so all, it, it's, it's everything. <laughs> and that's, eh, that's not necessarily a good thing at all times, but it's not a bad thing. People will say to me, oh, what do you do for a living? And, I, and I, I've, always, I've always struggled with that, and I struggle with that even more. I have a few canned responses. I used to tell people that I was an accountant for fun so that they would stop asking questions because there's nothing more boring than being an accountant. It's funny is men say, oh, what did you do before? And then I say, I was a stay-at-home husband for a while, which when that was happening beforehand, it was like I would drive. I actually chauffeured my wife to work, and then I would pick her up later. And when we had kids, she had to get her own car. Uh, so that, that ended. My role as a flip-flopped gender role homemaker has been developing forever since I was always the one who cooked. I like to sew, but I also like to reach objects high on shelves. So, and, and I've always done all the, the physical labor in the relationship too, all the grocery shopping and all of those things. And so it really did dovetail very easily. Honestly, I was born to a single mother and my dad, although he was occasionally around, he was largely absent. And so my relationship to all of the things that are, I guess, your basic gender uh, roles were, are clearly a bit screwed up because I don't have a problem with not earning as much money as my wife. And I honestly, I never have. I definitely get enjoyment out of the responses and the questions that men and women ask me. Uh, when, when, of course, when I had a newborn... It, or when I had one or two babies, because they're 18 months apart, I did get comments about, um, oh, you're babysitting the kids. And I'm just thinking, yep, just babysitting the kids. It's actually, it's sh it is of all my mom friends. And at this point, most of my friends are mom friends. I even occasionally accidentally call myself the other mother. And I and then I actually do correct myself. I'm not trying to say that I'm a mother because I'm not, I, I'm a father, but I also have negative connotations with the idea of fatherhood. And when I say the word dad, I don't think positively of it. But when I hear my kids say dad, I do think positively of me. It's clear that a lot of the structure around my life and how it's, um, how it has evolved as a very involved parent full time and Homemaker is clearly a bit of a direct response and uh, rebuke of my own upbringing, of a single mom with a dad who happened to have another family that he hid from me and my siblings and all sorts of weird discoveries that didn't happen until I was in my early 20s, that my dad was actually married uh, to someone else. And my mom was in a, a long-running affair. 
men state that they're jealous and women seem to be angry that I'm not held up to the same standards they're held up to. Like at the park, if someone's hurt and I slowly walk over and I'm like, ah, you're, you're okay. You're okay. Like I don't have to participate in what my brand of baby carrier or my stroller is. It's really nice. It's, I mean, I'm benefiting from millennia of gender roles that when inverted are less problematic for me and my own belief set than they would be for, for a lot of other people. Gender norms and expectations are something that I was always very uh, aware of, but it, some of the language around it and the, the reality of it has very much come to the forefront, almost as a, as a, a comedic thing for me, because I, I'm, I mean, honestly, I'm not suffering from it. There are thousands and millions of men who would love to be in this role. My wife, Lisa, she bounces ideas, and we talk, we've talked about her work for 15 years since she's been doing genetics research. Her work has increasingly become so much more specialized that it is becoming increasingly difficult to kind of participate in the background and help her think about things. But I have many times said to her, you know what they say, uh, behind every great woman is a greater man. So I have my own, my, my own comedy makeups, and I'm sure that there are some, I, I know that there are feelings that I have that my contribution is actually less, but it's more appreciated by my kids. And that, and that makes me really sad because I, I also look at all of the, the world of all these, um, the, the classic dad role of getting home and not wanting to hang out with the kids is, is understandable. I know there are suspicions, even if they're totally unfounded and interesting standard gender jealousies that occur. I've been hanging out with your wife for six hours while you were at work. Yeah, that's what happened. We were hanging out in your living room, and now you, sir, you've gotten home, and you found some guy who has been hanging out, lollygagging, just talking, chitty-chatting with your wife all day long. I can't say that I wouldn't be a little jealous. I have to watch out to make sure that I don't step into what I would sense as perceived irritation for husbands that are, <laughs> that are my friend's spouses. And at the same time, that means that when there's like ladies night out, I don't even get invited. And it's kind of, it actually is, is, is very much hurt. I'm a very social person. And yet I've found myself increasingly lonely in my role because I don't get to experience as broad a gamut of people and friends that I know is healthy for me. And the relationship people have with coworkers is really, uh, it's clearly very important. If you're a social person, to be in a workspace that provides the camaraderie that you need as a human being, which I think we are often not all that aware of. And I know that, that my needs are higher than my wife's needs, for example. But she's the one who gets all the social interaction, and I get very, very little. And it's pretty sad sometimes, you know, when in my, in my down times of, of, of assessment, I, I'm real sad about it. And I know that I need to change that. Of course, humor is an excellent coping modality. 
Uh, so anytime I joke, it's usually for real reasons. I've been I've been saying for a long time that you know my tour of duty of early childhood is supposed to be over. I've got a kindergartner and a first grader. Uh, I got a little bit of a reprieve because of the pandemic, virtual schooling needs. But at this point, I now have this wide open section of my day, five days a week, which I know that I now have to put my labor in a productive way. And I don't mean getting a job, but I, I actually have a list of, of what am I supposed to do next. Uh, I still have a huge commitment as the person who, who runs the day in, in, day out. You know, I do all the cooking. I do some cleaning. I should do more. I know I should. Because my mom was a single parent, I didn't learn what cleaning was. She spent all of her time either um, working or parenting. So I, I didn't learn how to clean a house. I've, and I'm not very good at it. I can't see a mess very well. I've been struggling with very recently trying to engage what my future looks like now that I know that I'm not having any more little ones and I'm out of the preschool era. I've thought about where, is my, where are my abilities and where is my labor best used both in the world and for myself you know, I could I could go with leisure activities, sure. I, I I could just putter about the house and learn how to clean crevices better. I could uh, like wallboards and stuff like people clean those. I don't know. Both of my parents were actually school teachers too, so I don't even know what being in pri- the private industry world is. And that's where the, most of the people they have to worry about a recession can put them out of work. And right now my wife is a recession can't put her out of work either because she's at a at a university and they're generally recession proof. So there's so much of the world that I have so much sympathy for, and I, but I don't understand and and I think my my own fear has always prevented me from engaging in that, like building my resume and lying right on it to get the first job and then working really hard at that. Uh, at this point, I'm com- I'd be completely useless in a room of people trying to do something. I'm sure of that. See, this is classic middle-class, upper-middle-class, well-educated motherhood, isn't it? That's what I'm saying. I'm in that situation where we hear these uh, various narratives from the media about women increasingly leaving the workforce who are well-educated and struggling to get back in it. I'm that, but I'm a man. And it makes all the sense when I read those articles. And it also makes all the sense that if I had not chosen and had we had not made an agreement that she makes the baby, I take the baby, that she would not be where she's at. If she had taken time off of her job, she might not ever have gotten a job back. She needed that space and effort that I put into our family in order to succeed. I know that. She went back earlier than the FMLA standards of 12 weeks, and it was at a critical time in her career. And as a result, it is my willingness to participate in this scheme of of family, but in an upside-down gender role, that has actually allowed her to succeed, and as a result, us to succeed. I, I, I trust my wife in all things, and she trusts me, and we actually have a real, I would say, a very, very good relationship and a very open one about most most topics of discussion. 
I get detailed comments that my wife notices that are effectively meant to shame her for the decisions she's made. And she has to just kind of stand by and hear those at times. And others find the right minor snark to respond. It happens. I know it does because they get related to me. Luckily, I'm not a particularly ambitious man. And I uh, was raised in a situation that did not make me feel particularly uncomfortable with it. Lisa and I are both iconoclastic in that sense. She was one of uh, six daughters with oddly conservative parents, and yet they pushed all their daughters very hard. I think they always wanted a son, but they never got one, and they pushed all their daughters. And four of them are, are, are professionals, you know, doctors and professors. And that's from a, a rural town without a lot of money is a big change in, in life. Education is really the only way we have left to uh, have upward mobility when it is even allowed. Knowing the situation in gender politics and being, I, I swear I am acutely aware of it. Um, I've always claimed to be a C plus feminist, not a feminist, just a C plus feminist. Cause I'm a guy, but I'm also an A plus dad and a B-plus mom. My biggest challenges parenting are learning to not hover. In my head, I've divided up the, the ages of the kids in the, the periods of their life in, you know, you've got that, that first period of zero to two, zero to three, where you have to make sure they aren't going to run in the road if they're holding your hand even. And all of that laying on the floor, just holding them and all of that lovely, lovely baby business. And you've got this early childhood era when they're, uh, before they go to school and before the world has essentially decided that, you know, they have a say so too and how your kids are going to be from corporate media <laughs> influence. And I still don't understand why anyone would put their kid in front of a, a screen and show them videos of other kids coloring. Because that's something you can actually do. Uh, or, you know, you can actually learn to color. Go figure. Um, so there are lots of rules. And now I'm in this early school, the elementary years right now. And my kids are both really good friends. And they're both incredibly well behaved. And trying to make sure that I understand the set of needs that they have now is essential. And I'm, I'm trying really hard. You know, the next phase is essentially pre-adolescence and adolescence. And then through that 16, 17-year-old, uh, that era is going to be a whole nother trouble because I'm going to have to confront and invent new rules for the new world that I didn't grow up in. And struggling with the digital hegemony in our lives is, it's something I have to be for, I have to think about ahead of time. And I have to have a lot of discussions with my wife. There are a lot of fears I talk to other parents about and have myself about the types of influence and who is influencing your kid and to what end do they have and struggling how to navigate that in a way that is both respectful to my children, not overly fearful of our world, but is positive to my own philosophies it's very hard. That and making sure there's enough food to send along for breakfast the next day at school. 
the expansion of their world is something I want to I I want to have happen. Just like I know I need to have time where I just leave, let them just hang out by themselves, let them be bored, and don't engage them. But those are all things that are very they're very hard to navigate considering our modern parenting modalities in the media. Man, Insta moms and blogger moms. I've often wanted to write a book about being a stay-at-home dad and about how being a stay-at-home parent in general, what it's about and how it needs to be changed in this way or that. And I've joked about how I I, I could like show up on Good Morning America as the guy who wrote, I'd be like uh, Moses, but to to housewives and and moms ever would stay at home moms because you know that's 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 who the media would listen to oddly sadly is the stay at home dad <laughs> on issues yes i'm i'm mocking uh our world because it's absurd and i shouldn't have a voice in those things but i probably would be given more of a voice than most people who have spent years thinking about this and writing and talking about this who are women I think I want my kids to be better than me, but that's not something I can expect. That's not something I can teach. And actually they are very much um, through my process of learning about uh, the influence I have on, on them. I am trying and struggling to figure out how to improve myself as a person, how to be more outwardly, oriented how to be more positive how to actually want to make a change and how to consider actions that are good for others um i have justification for that but i don't have answers for myself on how to do that i'll tell you now having kids really put my nose to the grindstone a lot harder than my life previous because now i'm have to look out for another generation and more specifically children who i am bound through love and duty as their parent to help them in any way i can to make the world better and i it's so hard to even consider what the that means is there a a positivist aspect to our world even or is it just always what we are teaching them how to think and not what to think has been my overarching goal that good people can exist and that they ought to try to be those people to have a plan and do that oh i'm bad at planning and that's one of the, i want my kids to have a plan i want them to know to ask for help in things these are these are my own failings i look at how did i become who i am and what portion of that is my own mother and it is a good portion of it in some way but it certainly is so much largely synthesized by my society and my own choices and decisions whether they were choices or not i knew i was making i have often considered that one of my goals is to put so much love into my kids from now until they reject my love that they know when they're in a moment of need later in life that they can that they can actually go to that reservoir of love that they know I gave them
and then I put into them, and they can dig into that reservoir, and they can they can get through because times get hard for everyone, no matter who you are. And knowing that I want to make them able to get through any difficulties, middle to late adolescence and early adulthood is such a treacherous time. Some kids end up in very bad paths, but some kids just end up not succeeding as they become adults and had so many moments that maybe they needed some other kind of knowledge or guidance. And I want to actually be there to, to help my kids have guidance so they don't reject me when they need guidance. Most parents want their kids to succeed. <laughs> Even my dad wanted me to succeed. He didn't know how to do any of that and didn't participate in trying to make me succeed at all. But I know he did want me to succeed, but he didn't help me in whatever success or failures I had. I know that right now I'm still at the point where I can make sure they understand that I'm on their team and I can give them both the love that allows them to return to me and know that I, I can help them. When a baby is born, everything they are is the parents. For a while, it seems that everything, all of their successes are yours as a parent. And then it, it turns. Their successes are no longer yours. It's their successes. And knowing how that transition works is essential, I think, to maintaining a good relationship with them. There's a difference between bragging about your kids and being happy and proud of them. And how do they reflect on me is different from how some people think their children reflect on themselves. I'm pretty sure that a two-year-old, their personality traits can be effectively so different by the time they're three. But at this point, I notice they're... Um, my, my daughter is, let's just say she's a bit gender non-conforming. A bit, but not a lot. Uh, and I still can't figure out why I would buy dresses for kids. My son wears dresses more often than my daughter. So he's also gender, very gender non-conforming, in the, in the, basically to the same degree. However, other people only note that my son is not following the rules of boyhood. And my they don't notice that my daughter just like, pulled a stick on the other kid and was about to attack him. And they're like, oh, but your son, he wants to look at flowers. And I'm like, yeah, but did you notice Maggie? She has the an undercut and the side of her head's shaved and she's never worn a, a dress in her life. You know, my, I'm at this point, I'm raising a, a tomboy and a, there is no equivalent. No, a dandy boy. That is, I mean, honestly, one of them is more of a of an insult in our day and age than the other. But I'm 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 interested to see how it plays out. I see their interests, their academic interests. How my son is really interested in math, and how my daughter is. She's a thirst for justice. You know, when I when I've talked to her about the legacy of slavery and the history of slavery. She is so mad at the slavers. And so this, this like social narrative of understanding is it's one of my kids is really strong in that. And the other one is basically like, oh, I, I, wait, what did you say? You know, like I, I tell them, oh, well, you know, princesses 
pretty much all they do is sit around and have people look at them and they steal the labor of, of the peasants. Yeah, that's how I got over princess culture. My daughter says that to other kids and they're like, what? Like princesses are bad people. So are princes. So are kings. We're Americans. We are supposed to believe in democracy. And, you know, it's good to hear a seven-year-old tell that to someone. But the way that their parents respond is, you know, I'm an oddball. What can I say? I, I'm going to have a hard time changing. I'm lucky I don't have a boss that can fire me because they would fire me. I have... I've sacrificed almost nothing except for my headspace. I was so confused about what my next move was and how to get there that I, I was looking at trying to figure out how to go on in life, not in an exit, like why, what should I do every day? I, I need to do this. The older you are going back into entry level stuff is more and more scary to me because I spent a bunch of my 20s playing music and struggling with the idea of even wanting to be, but trying to be a low-level artist in some way and hoping to build that and then not having, not knowing how to pivot that into what are my strengths, which is um, science, math. I mean, what are those strengths? I was, I was looking to try to um, do uh, some programming or get better engaged with computers because they are rather, um, that entire world is very much up my alley. But instead, through my own kind of inaction and laziness, I've ended up putting myself in an even worse position to seek a decent job. So it's really been a net benefit because I found um, a role which I now, of course, am trying to navigate how to uh, be a better person because my role is now changing when because both of my kids are school age. And as my role changes, I, I need to change. I need to be a better person. And I, want, I really do want to be a better person. If anything, I have done nothing but bolster my own, what some might consider failings, at the same time as uh, my psychological defenses against those failings by being full-time dad and I know that I don't like to admit it but that's true I, I know some of my failings and not all of them and I'll admit to some of them and some of them I won't and I've found the right niche that I rarely have to confront those issues I would be a terrible I, I, I fear I am a terrible provider I'm terrible at it at participating in the economy. I've been terrible at it, and I am good at caring for people that I know, especially. Or at least I'm, I'm okay at it. And that has, that's where I found myself.
dad. A plus dad. B plus mom. 